Namaskaram. I welcome you all with love and gratitude to this very special episode with a very special guest, Jeff Carrera. Spiritual awakening. When we hear this term, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Or let me rephrase it. What's your definition of spiritual awakening? So before you reach or define spiritual awakening, here's what our wonderful guest defines as. I define spiritual awakening as the realization that there is more to reality than the sum total of everything we have ever known or have been told exists. One way that we could describe this is to say that we have woken up to the mystery of the unknown unknown. Jeff is here to burst your myths about spirituality and reality and to also discuss his recently published book The Path of Spiritual Breakthrough from Awakening to Cosmic Awareness. But before we begin, allow me to introduce the amazing Jeff. He is a meditation teacher, mystical philosopher, and author of 34 previous titles who works with a growing number of people throughout the world. Through retreats and programs, he guides individuals in a form of meditation he refers to as the art of conscious contentment and encourages them to question their most foundational experience of reality until previously held assumptions fall away, leaving space for a dramatically new understanding to emerge. In his books and lectures, he explores revolutionary ideas in the domains of spirituality, consciousness, and human development. He is passionate about the potential that ideas have to shape how we perceive reality and how we can live in the world. His enthusiasm for learning is infectious and he has taught at colleges and universities both in the United States and internationally. His other books include The Miracle of Meditation, Philosophy is Not a Luxury, The Soul of a New Self and The Art of Conscious Contentment. So with all that being said, let us welcome Jeff Carrera. Jeff, welcome to Self Talk Show. So first of all, I would like to say that I'm very grateful to you for choosing Self Talk Show as a medium to spread awareness regarding the same and also very honored to have you as guest speaker on my show. Second of all, many many congratulations to you on your recent book, The Path of Spiritual Breakthrough. I'm sure your book will act as a boon for many. So how about we start our conversation discussing your life journey? Would you like to share your life journey of spiritual breakthrough? Well, thank you very much for having me here. It's uh, it's a joy to be on your uh podcast and uh, I'm looking forward to this conversation. So in terms of my own journey of spiritual breakthrough, I actually had spiritual experiences quite young as lots of people do. Uh and what i'll mention of my uh, early youthful breakthrough experiences were some of the ones that were most powerful to me uh i had when i would lay on the ground i would either do this during cloudy days or warm summer nights uh and i would look up at the stars or look up at the clouds I would feel myself lying down on the surface of a planet and I would start to get an experience of just how huge the planet was that I was on and how tiny I was and then I would see the clouds or the stars and I would get a sense of how enormous and vast the universe was and how tiny the planet was that I was on and somehow this would just give me uh, an incredible sense 
of of just the infinity of reality. And as I would experience that, I would feel this electrical impulse running through my body. Uh, and this was this became just one of my favorite things to do when I was, I don't know, 10, 11, 12 years old. Uh, and I would repeat it regularly. Of course, I wasn't thinking of it as anything spiritual. It was just this thing I could do that gave me this incredible feeling. Uh, and as I got older and I was, you know, in college, uh, figuring out what I was going to do as a career, there was always a part of me that didn't really fit in, didn't really understand, didn't want to do any of the things that I was supposed to be doing, uh, and was beginning at that time to seek, you know, to find alternative philosophies, uh, different kinds of psychologies to be interested in. Uh, and at, later on, I discovered meditation. I started doing some Sufi practices. You know, I, like lots of people, I just started to get interested in alternative ways of thinking. Uh, at some point, uh, I started to have some spiritual experiences. Eventually, I met a teacher and became part of a spiritual community where I lived for 20 years. And it was intensely devoted to spiritual practice. And during those years, I had numerous, many, many, many powerful spiritual experiences uh, that eventually led to me realizing that I didn't need any more spiritual experience. You know, I pursued them and pursued them and pursued them and had so many experiences. And at some point I realized one more experience isn't, isn't going to change anything. I, I'm already convinced about the infinite nature of reality. I don't need one more experience of infinity to prove to me that reality is infinite and something relaxed. And I've continued to have many spiritual experiences since then. This was now some years ago. Um, ten, actually. And I've continued to have lots of spiritual experiences, but I, I never have a sense that I need experiences. And so, in some ways, the path of spiritual breakthrough leads to a place where you are convinced about what it is that those breakthrough experiences reveal, and therefore you stop feeling a need to have more. And that's, in some ways, how I define spiritual liberation. It's one way that I understand spiritual liberation. It's the, it's the liberation from the need to have any more breakthrough experiences uh, in order to prove to yourself that reality is infinite. It seems like the universe was already preparing you to walk on the beautiful pathway that you are on, and it is so inspiring. What, according to you, is spirituality, and what are its foundations? Well, that's a that's a fantastic question. Um, I mean, that's a big question. Of course, I could answer it many different ways, but this is the way I feel inspired to answer it. I believe that we, that our lives, our existence, uh, is all animated from a single source. Uh, 
And I believe that in the traditions, in, in religious traditions, when they speak about God uh, or divinity, they're speaking about that source of life. And that source of life is animating all of life in the, in the universe. And so spirituality means developing uh, a direct contact with that source, a relationship with that source. Uh, and, and through our spiritual life, I believe that the goal of spirituality or the goal of a spiritual life is to become a vessel for that divine source, that singular source of life, uh, to move through us, to manifest as the actions of our lives and to reveal itself in the world through us. So I think of a, a garden hose that has a kink in it and the water, which is the, the life force or the, the spiritual energy or the divine, whichever word you choose to use it, it can't get through you know, because there's kinks and there's kinks in most of us and through our spiritual work and our spiritual practice, we unkink ourselves and as we do, we become a more and more open vessel and more and more of that divine source is able to shine through us and it shows up in the world as uh, greater awareness, greater compassion, greater love, greater wisdom, all of those wonderful spiritual qualities uh, that we all aspire to. So that's how I would talk about spirituality and, and the goal of spirituality. Beautifully answered. Would you like to tell us about a form of meditation that you use in your retreats and programs that you also refer to as the art of conscious contentment? I'd be happy to. Uh, the art of conscious contentment is a form of meditation that simply asks you to be consciously content. I sometimes also speak of it as the practice of no problem, in which case I say, just sit and don't make a problem out of anything. Just be with what is and be content about it, be satisfied, be fulfilled. And I believe it's a very powerful form of practice because we are taught in our society to be dissatisfied. We are taught that what drives you through life is dissatisfaction, is wanting, is needing. That's what makes us work to achieve and to attain. And, but of course, we all know it never ends. We just keep working, keep attaining, keep achieving. And no matter what we attain or achieve, there's something else. And all of that is part of what keeps us from discovering the deeper life of spirit that I was speaking about earlier. Uh, because only when we learn to relax and let go and stop being so busy you know, with our attainments and our uh, objectives, only when we relax does that deeper spiritual energy start to flow through us and we find uh, a different basis for life, uh, a miraculous and magnificent basis for life. And so I feel like this practice of the art of conscious contentment is, I like to think of it as you're simply sitting and allowing yourself to be available. And you're just happy to be available. And things may come or may not come, but it doesn't matter because you're happy being available. And so uh, that I feel is 
a practice that really supports people to become a vessel for spirit. Well, that's a brilliant way to practice because if you're not content, then we happens to be everywhere and disturbed by our thoughts leading to dissatisfaction and overwhelmed. Have you noticed any common pattern among these seeking individuals that they are either struggling with or looking to explore? You know, of course, people uh, will come to me with all kinds of different variations on themes and also various life circumstances and and different times but if there's something overarching that I would want to point out it's that people come to me feeling as if they've been searching for something they're looking for something they've been doing the work they've been doing the practice but they're not finding what they're looking for and they're a little frustrated and wondering what they're doing wrong uh and in those cases you know where where people are sincerely doing the work and they're and many times they've had spiritual experiences but somehow there's they still feel like there's something missing uh i like to point out that the the feeling that something's missing the feeling that something's wrong that is a cultural habit that we learn in our society we learn to look at life as if there's something wrong and there's something missing that's what i was saying earlier this is this is how we we get indoctrinated into a culture of dissatisfaction and we bring that habit to our spiritual life and we will never find anything there will never be an experience big enough there will never be an insight you know powerful enough deep enough to end that habit you know but you can shift your perspective and realize that the spiritual path continues indefinitely the path of spiritual breakthrough continues to unfold there is no point where you've had every breakthrough that can possibly be had or you know everything that can possibly be known it goes on forever and you'll always want more and the fact that you are compelled to experience more is not a problem that just says you're spiritually alive and so uh, i like to encourage people to relax and enjoy the journey don't don't be so concerned with whatever thoughts you have about not having attained what you're looking for but instead enjoy the continual sense of opening and discovery as the path unfolds completely agree chef So let us now talk about your recent book. How will readers be able to experience a spiritual breakthrough? Well, what I've tried to do in the book is really present a phenomenological exploration of my own path. So that means I've I've chosen some powerful breakthrough experiences that I've had. I've described them as objectively as i can in terms of the the inner felt experience of them uh and then i've uh gone into some discussion about how i've interpreted those breakthroughs because the 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 main i would say the main point of the book is that spiritual experiences alone aren't what create a breakthrough or a transformation the experience 
And the way that we interpret it, the way that we make meaning of it is combined is what create the transformative power. So I try to ex- ex- uh, describe the experiences that I've had, but then also to talk about how I interpreted them and how those interpretations led to breakthrough, led to transformation, led to more. But I'm not doing that so people can follow my path. What I'm really doing is using my experiences and my stories to give people a way of looking at their own experience. And and I'm happy, as I've had people reading the book, to hear back from people that the effect it's having is the effect I would have wanted it to have, which is that it's it's making them more aware of the path of breakthrough they've already been on. Uh, they've becoming aware of the experiences they've already had. They're becoming aware of the ways that they've interpreted those experiences, seeing sometimes how their interpretation was actually shutting down the transformative power and how they might rethink their interpretation to open up more transformative power. And I think that's that's how we become more available for breakthrough. It's by learning, it's become by first of all becoming more aware of our own path of breakthrough, becoming more conscious about how we interpret what we have already experienced. That makes us more sensitive to new experiences and we can become more conscious about how we interpret those. So I believe that this book is going to help people in all those ways to accelerate their own path of spiritual breakthrough. That is amazing. I'm sure it will. In chapter 3, in a freedom of your book, The Path of Spiritual Breakthrough, you have mentioned the way we interpret our revelatory experiences will determine what effect they have or do not have on our lives. Some interpretations lead to massive change, others to none at all. Would you please elaborate on the same? Certainly, you know, that's what I was just getting into, but I'll just elaborate on what I already said briefly by saying that um I've met many people who have had powerful spiritual experiences and often spiritual experiences that when they describe them sound identical and yet they have very different results. Uh and what seems to be the case is that how someone interprets the experience uh, is a determining factor in how much change results from it. And and for instance, I've known many many people who had powerful potentially life-changing spiritual breakthroughs but the way that they interpret it is as some strange anomalous experience that's disconnected from reality that's just and so what happens if that's your interpretation of the experience then you know a week two weeks a month down the line someone asks you about it it'll be oh yeah this I had this weird experience like a month ago and it felt like this and that and the other thing but you're interpreting it as it was just some weird anomaly like a glitch in your program and it's not really that important and it doesn't mean anything and if that's your interpretation of it it doesn't change anything but someone else could have the same experience and decide that they had opened up to the the true potential of their inner nature 
and that may lead them to make changes in their life and become a very different kind of person. But it has to do with how they interpreted the experience, not, not the nature of the experience itself. So true. In the same chapter, you said, if we look at the experience of inner freedom and interpret its possible meaning from a universal perspective, we see that something profound is happening. The cosmic energy that is the ultimate source of all the love, wisdom and conscious awareness in this universe is being liberated to manifest itself freely through us. This is how I see spiritual liberation. It is not our liberation. It is the liberation of the cosmic energy of life itself. It is the freedom of the universe. Does it mean that the universe flows through us? Yes, and again, this is a, uh, an expansion on the, the earlier question about spirituality, but yes, absolutely. I believe that the energy and intelligence, life force, uh, the source of wisdom and love and compassion is a universal source. It is flowing through all of us. It is, it is animating all of life. Uh, and, you know, from the personal point of view, my spiritual liberation is liberating me. But from that cosmic point of view, my spiritual liberation is liberating that cosmic energy to flow through me. And I think that is a very powerful way to think about spiritual life. So this is the question I have been meaning to ask the day I read an article, Are We Really Made of Stardust? on the Natural History Museum website wherein Dr. Ashley King verifies this question and also raises my curiosity in regards to the same. So is there any possibility that before we entered into this life and death phase, we were a part of the universe like either a star or even a meteorite? And does spiritual breakthrough help in discovering these kinds of questions? Well, I guess the way that I would want to address that, so the, the idea that we were stardust, you know, is essentially saying that, you know, this is stardust, effectively stardust, is what gathered to create planets and the molecules in our body were part of that, etc. I think that's true. I, I'm not... I'm not the kind of scientist who could make a definitive statement about that. Uh, and it's not something that I feel particularly concerned about because it's still all about just the material. It's all about the matter of us. And, you know, to me, it's profound, of course, that our physical makeup is made up of material and matter that may have been here at the beginning of the universe. Uh, of course, that's, that's mind-blowing and it's wonderful. Uh, but what's, what's most intriguing, miraculous, wondrous, mind-blowing to me is that the source of my consciousness, this universal source, was here before my body was born. It was here, I believe, before the physical universe existed, that the, the consciousness, the conscious potential for a universe existed prior to the, the matter, prior to the material. 
and my consciousness, this consciousness, this cosmic awareness that's flowing through me will continue after my body no longer ceases to function. It will continue after this entire planet is gone. Uh, and who knows, it may continue after the universe itself uh, has ceased to be. So to me, the, the, the inner source of life, of consciousness, of awareness, uh, is, is more where my focus is than on the, even the, the magnificence of the material vessel that I am. That's wonderful. In Chapter 4, Constant Consciousness of the same book, you have mentioned to enter a new paradigm of being. We will need to make room for reality to be weirder and more bizarre than we would generally feel comfortable with. Why is that? Well, the reason for that is because you know, a paradigm shift is a, is a massive shift in how reality shows up for us and how we see things. Uh, so if we use a previous paradigm shift, for instance, the shift from uh, the time when everyone saw the world as flat to when there was a recognition that the world was round. Right? This is a big paradigm shift and it had big implications because it meant if you sailed off into the ocean, you weren't going to fall off the edge. You were actually going to go all the way around to the other side. So, but this was something that people couldn't think at that time, you know, because that was weird if you asked somebody because they looked and they saw a flat line horizon and said, What are you talking about? The earth is round. It's flat. I can see it's flat. And so at the time, you would have needed to say, well, if you're going to open up to this new paradigm, you're going to have to be open to something pretty weird, you know. And, and that's how it works. That's how paradigms shift. The, what's new, the, the new conception, the new paradigm is always very strange when looked at from the point of view of the old paradigm. Now, of course, once we've moved into the new paradigm, once we've internalize that and integrated it into our being then that becomes the new normal and then you look back at the old paradigm and that looks weird and you think how could anyone have ever believed that that's so weird uh, and so that's why I say spiritually speaking also uh, we are approaching a vast shift in awareness and there's no way that that shift is going to lead to something that's similar to what we already know it's going to lead to something very different and anything that's very different feels weird uh, and so uh, it's important for us to be open to weirdness because otherwise what happens is if we're not open to anything that's too far outside of our box then perceptually our mind will filter out those anomalous experiences and I believe that people have many, many more spiritual experiences than they ever become conscious of because their minds filter them out because they're too weird and too bizarre. And so it doesn't even want to look at those things. And that's why I say we need to be open to things that are weird so that we won't unconsciously be filtering out what is potentially a leap forward for us and a spiritual breakthrough. Well, that is so true. What 
in your opinion is reality is life and death a reality or there is more to it reality is a very interesting word um and it's a word that i feel that i i like to hold on to very loosely because i don't know what reality is first of all and second of all i don't necessarily believe that there is one reality um in the way that we are we're trained to think of reality as kind of a pre-existing way that things are that we then discover and i don't know if that's how reality works i actually think reality is much more creative than that i think I think we are co-creating reality, you know, with all kinds of unseen actors uh and and with ourselves and with each other. Uh and so that you know reality isn't just a a stage that everything else happens on. It's it's an emergence that comes into being in every moment. And I think that there are many dimensions to reality and therefore uh there can be things that are real and true and conflicting you know and i think in terms of our last question about weirdness one of the weirdnesses we need to be open to is paradox because in our culture uh it's believed that there's only one truth and therefore if this is true then that can't be true paradox is when there are two things that are conflicting but they're both true and i think because reality is much more complex than one truth can contain we need to find a way to be open to uh a a, a bigger more multidimensional reality in which more than one thing can be true and more than one thing can be real even if they're in conflict with one another uh, and we need to be able to hold a reality that big and that complex um so you know in terms of a i have no short answer to to what is real but or what is reality but i think whatever it is it's much more complex than probably we could ever know and just being open to the vastness of it is is what i'm most interested in absolutely in chapter 7 higher purpose you said growth can't be forced it can only be allowed in the right atmosphere with the right nutrients growth happens spiritual growth is the same would you like to discuss this point the very uh sort of brief and easy metaphor i like to use is a flower you know you you can't force the growth of a flower by say pulling uh on a stem or if you're a child and you're hanging by your arms hoping to grow taller it doesn't work that way that's not how growth works you can't force things to grow you have to allow them to grow you have to create the right circumstances for growth you have to nurture growth but ultimately 
growth is a natural phenomenon. Growth is, we live in a universe that grows. Everything in it grows. Every living thing grows. And that includes our spirit. Our spirit naturally grows when it's in the right environment. So the, the spiritual work that we do is not growing ourselves or growing our spirit. The spiritual work that we do is designed to create a nutritious atmosphere for the growth of spirit, for, the, for our spiritual growth. So we, we read books that nurture us. We do practices that nurture us. We spend time with people that nurture us. And all of that creates a spiritual atmosphere in which, uh, in which our spirit grows, in which we grow spiritually. So that's what I mean by that. In Chapter 6, Cosmic Awareness, you have mentioned our spiritual life progresses through the interpreted realities we create after each of our spiritual breakthroughs. We live in one understanding of reality and then we see a new and more powerful vision. Would you please elaborate on the same? This really gets to the heart of what I see as the path of spiritual breakthrough. You know, Because we can have lots of spiritual experiences, but I see a breakthrough experience as something specific. You know, a breakthrough experience is one that's transformative. It's one that changes us. It changes our relationship to the world. It changes the way we see the world. You know, it's, we could have a spiritual experience, for instance, that was deeply comforting and reassuring. And it, and it could be a very powerful spiritual experience. But it's not transformative. It, didn't, it wouldn't necessarily uh, change you or change how you saw the world even if it was incredibly valuable. But a, a spiritual breakthrough experience changes how you see the world. And that's what, you know, in the book, I go through my own breakthrough experiences and talk about how, how my world changed, how I changed as a result of these experiences. And the path of spiritual breakthrough unfolds kind of breakthrough to breakthrough. You, you have a breakthrough and suddenly you see something you never saw before and then that becomes part of your worldview. You kind of reintegrate a new sense of self around this new understanding of reality and then at some point you have another breakthrough and suddenly you see more or you see something different and you realize the world is different than you thought again. And again, there's a period of integration in which this new understanding becomes incorporated into a new sense of self. And then there's another breakthrough. And so that's, that's how the path of spiritual breakthrough unfolds. It goes one breakthrough experience that's then interpreted into a new perception of the world, integrated into a new sense of self that creates the foundation and the platform upon which the next leap will take place. That's more of breeding our understanding of reality and spiritual breakthroughs one after the other and that leads to a more powerful experience along with visions. How do we know which interpretation of our experience is correct? Because there are various angles from which an individual can see one's experience that produces different interpretations of the same. Well, this, of course, is the most challenging uh, question. And first of all, I would want to say that I don't, I don't 
tend to speak in terms of which interpretation is correct or not correct. Um, you know, correct meaning what? You know, that's what I would want to ask. Correct meaning that it is the actual reality? Because I don't know that there is such a thing uh, as we've talked about. So to me, what I, what I use for a guide is what are the results? I don't think about it in terms of finding the correct interpretation versus the wrong interpretation. I think about it in terms of what interpretation will be most valuable in its effect on my life. And to me, what that means is what interpretation of this experience will, first of all, open me to further experience open me to more breakthrough. Second of all, what interpretation of this experience will make, will, will allow me to become a more whole, a more compassionate, a more wise, a more beautiful individual, you know? So, and you never know for sure, of course, you know, this is, unfortunately, this is a, there's always some amount of trial and error. And so what I do with my experiences is I, I intuit what they mean. I think about what they mean. And then I embrace that interpretation. And if I see that the results of embracing that interpretation are creating... You know, I believe life will speak to me. So if... If I've interpreted this experience in a way that's that's going in a negative direction, that's causing harm, that's that's causing me to shut down more or become less open, I'll experience that in life. I'll experience that negativity or that constriction in life. And then that will be an indicator for me to re-examine how I'm thinking about things. Maybe I need to re-judge my interpretation. So the key to navigating the path of spiritual breakthrough well, in my opinion, is humility, which means you interpret your experience, you live by your interpretation of your experience, uh, but you're always open to the possibility that there could be a better interpretation, and you're always sensitive to the effects that you're having in the world so that you can learn uh, whether the interpretation that you have come to is one that you want to stick by or if you want to re-examine it. And if we're humble and we stay open and we don't draw the conclusion that we now know the, the truth and therefore don't need to listen, uh, then we will always be in a position to be able to readjust if necessary. That's beautiful. In the book, you have dedicated a whole chapter on Kundalini awakening. Would you like to give a gist about the same to our audience? Of course, Kundalini is a, is a big topic. But I had a very powerful experience that's classic Kundalini awakening, which was happened during a meditation retreat. I felt a very strong I woke up in the middle of the night with a very very strong pain in the base of my spine I actually thought I couldn't remember 
having heard it, but I thought I must have heard it somehow because it felt like there was a broken bone or something. And then, uh, out of desperation, I was walking around and I finally sat down and a fire hose of white light shot up from the base of my spine right up through my spine and out the top of my head. It roared like a lion. It was very brief, just, I don't know, 30 seconds maybe. Um, and subsequently, I spoke with a kundalini, uh, a, a teacher of kundalini awakening, and and in conversations with that teacher, uh, I understood that I had had a very classic awakening of kundalini. Now, in that tradition, the gist of it is that we that we have seven chakras seven main chakras and that those need to be opened uh, in order to clear a path uh, for us to become a deeper vessel of the divine as i've been speaking about and that the arising of the kundalini which is an awakening energy clears out the blockages of those energy centers in the body and uh creates the opportunity for us to be a clearer vessel for the divine. Now, you know, that's the traditional uh, uh, Eastern understanding of Kundalini. It certainly matches many aspects of my experience. I am not an expert on Kundalini awakening, but I do believe that energy and energetic work uh, and energetic openings are an essential part, <clears throat> excuse me, are an essential part of the awakening process. And there is some way in which these subtle, mysterious, spiritual energies uh, can clear up, clear out blockages in our being and make us more available to be a vessel for the divine. That sounds itself so powerful and also strengthen our bond with Lord Divine apart from being a vessel of Divine. Any message that you have for our listeners? Uh, I think all I would want to say in closing is for those people listening uh, who have been on a spiritual path, who have had spiritual experiences, uh, I would really want to encourage you to take your experiences seriously to think about them, think about the interpretations you've made of them. Uh, and if there's any part of you that's feeling like you are, have missed something or, or are longing for some ending, some finality, that you relax a little bit around that uh, and enjoy the journey feel grateful for the fact that you have been invited onto a path of spiritual breakthrough and look forward to your future breakthroughs. I know for myself, I never want to have a breakthrough that is the last breakthrough I'll ever have. I love the path. I love opening to more and continually expanding. So I would encourage you to enjoy the path uh, and feel grateful for the opportunity to continually grow and expand. Uh, and I also just want to thank you very much for having me on today. It's been a joy. And 
to, uh, to speak with you and to be able to share a little bit more about the book. So thank you very much. That's a wonderful message, Jeff. Thank you so much for educating us on the same. It was lovely having you on the show. You can reach out to Jeff through his website mentioned in the episode description. Also, head on to Amazon to grab your copy of Jeff's recently published book, The Path of Spiritual Breakthrough from Awakening to Cosmic Awareness. So with this, we come to an end of this episode. Hope you liked it and the feedback would definitely do wonders. We would really appreciate it if you can subscribe to Self Talk Show. More episodes and more awareness is coming your way. So stay tuned and keep self-talking. You can reach out to us for questions, queries or suggestions at www.selftalkshow.com or email us at showselftalk at gmail.com or through social media pages on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Thank you again and see you with another episode.